Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for this beautiful day you blessed us with. And now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that to understand it. Apply it in the right way as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z in the word knowledge, we'll turn to Matthew in chapter 22. And here we see a question brought up to the Lord. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 23, it reads, The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Pointing out right there that they failed to do the study that they should have done. As it continues, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So pointing out that these Sadducees, which were the some of the religious elite did not understand the Word of God. They did not study as much as they should have. They were in lack of knowledge. All right now, let's move on over to Matthew 24. Now this is where the Lord is teaching concerning the last days. He's teaching the disciples in chapter 24, pick it right up in verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now it's a prophecy concerning the temple. And that was fulfilled around 70 A.D. That temple was totally destroyed. It was raided and they burned the place and they burned it so intensely that some of the gold ornaments and so forth had melted and run down in around the rocks so that to get to all the gold, they tore the whole place down seeking that gold. And now you see over there is the Temple of the Mount left of the original and on top of that site, you see the, the mosque, the Golden Dome, and all that built. But that will all be destroyed and taken away completely for the rebuilding of the temple after the Battle of Gog and Magog. But let's go on here as he continues to teach them further. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came 
unto him privily, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? Evident that he had already been teaching them about things that they would not have normally studied themselves concerning the last days. So, as he continues, verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. These earthquakes in divers places, we've sure seen a lot of that. And it means all these are the beginning of sorrows. So let's look at a couple of these. we got wars and rumors of wars. Kingdom rising against kingdom, pestilences and earthquakes. We got a lot of that going on. It's been going on all along, but it seems to be more and more on the increase. Of course, we get to the fulfillment of all these, and also the magnitude of these during the tribulation time would be far more. It continues, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. For his name's sake, which means those that are trusting in Jesus Christ. Currently we see worldwide hatred for the children of Israel. But this goes beyond that, specifically to the Christians, because it says, for my name's sake. So those that are being persecuted specifically for the name of Jesus Christ, not for the name of being an Israeli is what he's speaking of here. So we know this will be a target on Christians, Christians of any origin, whether they be Jew or or Gentile, but it'll be the persecution of Christians. And we truly see that on the increase around the world. They are being slaughtered and persecuted terribly. As it continues, And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. We sure see a lot of that. The hatred, the flat-out cruel treatment of one another on the increase. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now he's sort of zeroing in a little bit here on what we could determine the timeline of these events taking place. Where he says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. This endurance is a trust in Jesus Christ and being saved into eternal life. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. That will be done during the tribulation time, 
because it will not only be man that is preaching the gospel, but the angels themselves shall be proclaiming the gospel during the tribulation. We have many people who say that the desire of the pastors and of the missionaries to reach everyone, that once they get to all people of all the world, then the end will come. No, because there's still going to be areas where we don't reach them directly ourselves. So this will not be fulfilled by man. This has to be fulfilled by God. And we know the Holy Ghost reaches out to everyone, whether another person reaches to them or not. The Holy Ghost is doing a job that we can't even do. But this is specifically talking about the event that was described in Revelation about the angels proclaiming the gospel. As it continues, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now this desolation that he is speaking of, that is prophesied in Daniel, is speaking of when the Antichrist shall rise up and proclaim himself as God and sit in the throne that will be rebuilt there in Jerusalem and proclaim himself as God and that will be the midpoint of the tribulation. So that's what he's pointing out here. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. And as you read further in the prophecies, you see they flee to the mountains of Megiddo at the midpoint of the tribulation because the Judgments that come upon the planet are so severe that he protects his people by sending them to that area and gives them special protection while the rest of the world is judged. He says, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. The great tribulation. You got tribulation time, and then it's considered the great tribulation time at the midpoint for that last three and a half years. In verse 22, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now this doesn't mean they're going to be cut short of what was prophesied. The prophecy will be fulfilled in its precision. The seven years. Shortened here means that if it had not been shortened to seven years, then the earth would not have even survived. So they were limited in time, is what it's speaking of here. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, inasmuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. 
For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And that is at the end of the tribulation, when he comes and divides the sheep from the goats, as he says further on here, and sets up the millennial kingdom. Now we know he's going to come back and rapture us up before the tribulation even kicks in. But then here we see, as he further teaches, the end of the tribulation. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now we know that that revealing to everyone here is going to be at that point. Because when he comes back to rapture the church, he doesn't come all the way down to the planet because it says we're going to meet him in the clouds. He's going to call us up to be with him, to be caught up, it speaks of. So here he's talking about his glorious appearing when he comes down to establish the millennial kingdom. And here we see as it further teaches... And he shall send his angels with a great sound of trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. Before we get into the parable there, talk about gathering all the believers together, because there will be a separation of the Goats and the sheep, as he calls them. The goats are the ungodly, the sheep are the godly. And then he's going to restore the planet back to its perfection, like it was during the Garden of Eden, and establish the thousand years of him ruling and reigning. And then he gives us some clues here. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So we can see the signs of the times. This does not give us the date of the rapture or the date of the tribulation. It doesn't do that. But when we see what is happening, then we can recognize what it is, is what he's speaking of here. We don't predict, or it has not been given to us, the dates. As we further study, you'll see he says that specifically. But he lets us understand. When we see the changes occurring, then we identify and know that the changes are happening. And then where it says, Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Is 
mankind shall not go away in non-existence. The generation here could apply to a couple different things. It could be a person's lifetime. It could be that the people that are involved in it are not all going to be dead and gone before this is completed. It can be a time of dispensation to where this dispensational period of time will not cease until it is completed and fulfilled all the prophecies before going into the next step or the next generation. Not just speaking of one person's lifetime when he's speaking of the prophecies here. Many have misunderstood this verse and tried to apply it to meaning a specific time and date the tribulation and so forth. Which can't do that. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass. Preserved all the way through. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Like he just said there. Even though he says we can look around, we can see the signs of the times. It's because we're in them and we know and recognize them, but that doesn't give us a date of its occurring of the next step, which is the next major prophetic event to occur is the rapture of the church. But when that occurs, the rapture of the church occurs, then the people that are left behind can recognize it. When the tribulation kicks in, then they're going to recognize it. And they're going to know, okay, we see the leaves are changing, then we know this is the time. This is what is happening. But you cannot predict it ahead of time. It's where the date setters get messed up. Because he clearly says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. He is the only one that has that knowledge of exactly when these last day's events are going to begin. But he goes on with some more clues about the events that will take place during that time. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, we look back at the account of the event of the Great Flood in Noah's day. We know that they pretty much ignored what Noah was preaching. They ignored the opportunity of salvation. They went on with their day-in and day-out business until the flood came. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's when they will be mourning. Because back over there in verse 30 where it said, then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, because they know here it is, time for judgment. We should have listened, we should have repented, but no, it's too late. And then look further here back in verse 40. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. Now to be taken here 
is speaking of taken to judgment. They will be taken away and held in hell until the end of the millennial period. And the ones that will be left will be left to enter into the millennial period, the millennial kingdom, the thousand years of ruling and reigning. Those that are Christians that survived through the tribulation time will be able to go over into the wondrous, beautiful, restored earth for that thousand years. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doeth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. That can apply twofold. We need to be ready to go at any moment. We could die at any moment. We need to be ready because he could rapture us up at any moment and initiate all these things in the last days. So we got to be ready to go at all time. Who then is a, is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in the day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That weeping and gnashing of teeth speaks of hell, speaks of the judgment. I just roll right on into chapter 25 here. He further teaches about the last days. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy your for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Don't know the day or the hour. Don't know what's going to happen. We've got to be ready. got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Have that oil in your lamp and ready to go. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, 
to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now, talent, here is speaking of a monetary amount, gave them a thing of value, gave them money. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made him other five talents. So he took the blessings the Lord gave him, used them properly, and they multiplied. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. It's what we all want to hear, that we have done a good job, that we have used the blessings He's given us properly, that we have multiplied them. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now here where it speaks of joy of thy Lord is talking about the millennial kingdom, being able to go over into that. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Usury being interest. This one talent was his life itself. The very blessing of being able to be born was the one talent. Take therefore the talent from him. That's speaking of the second death. And give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given. Every one who hath salvation, who hath the blessings of the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost, and has the many other blessings of the Lord pours upon us. When we have that, we'll be able to multiply that and get even more. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and, to, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. That's that second death. It comes in the final judgment of the judgments, the great white throne judgment. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That final judgment. And the weeping and gnashing of teeth. As it continues, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Now, this is talking about 
at the end of the tribulation time that he mentioned earlier when the nations would mourn. And he's going to divide the people, those that are born again and those that are lost. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from his goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Indicating from this planet, foundation of the world, restoring this planet, enter into the millennial kingdom. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee, sick, and were in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. My brethren, talking about the other Christians, looking after each other. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, which are the lost, the ungodly, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or a naked, or a sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall ye answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Knowledge about the last days that we can acquire when we study His Word, when we listen to the clues, when we apply them properly, we can see the changing seasons and we can know what to do at that time. We cannot predict when the last days will occur exactly, but we can look around and see the times of the changes and know that the things are upon us. So we need to be ready. We need to be busy out there helping others come and know the Lord before it's everlasting too late because the seasons, they are a-changing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all so much for your word. There's so much knowledge we can acquire when we dig into there and listen up and apply it properly. Help us always to have that hunger to dig in there and find that message and then encourage us to go out and share it with others. Thank you all so much for all the knowledge you give us. So we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.